0: No there we are, there's whoever her name is telling me what to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um just gonna welcome you all back, um audience and followers, um, to another podcast at Tommy Delaney Fitness. and um, today I have um nutritionist um and health expert <laughs> um MJ Nutrition. And today we're gonna to cover many topics on uh PCOS um the mentor cycle for females um and also working on some weight loss um some nutrition guidance tips and education and we'll also dive into a little bit of exercise as well um around your mentor cycle and see what else comes up in the conversation too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so I'm going to get stranded. I'm going to just introduce um Mary Jo um and just um to get a little bit about yourself, I suppose, and um, what's your story basically? Why did you get into nutrition and things like that? Yeah. yeah,
1: well, thank you so much for having me, Tommy. It's great to come on and talk about this. Um, so, yeah, as I said, my name is Mary Jo Maguire, um, I'm MJ Nutrition on Instagram. And I set up my business over a year and a half ago, um, really with the purpose of kind of looking at just general nutrition. I wasn't really focused on that in particular and kind of wanted to help everyone. But then I realized where my passion really lay were with female health um, and really kind of educating women around the female cycle, uh, what it looks like, what it should look like, and, you know, educating them around hormonal contraceptives, uh, educating them around what periods should look like, what a healthy period looks like, PMS, then PCOS as well. Um, I have, like, you know, I, I have PCOS myself, so that's really I suppose what drove me towards really wanting to work on this area and like I had a degree in human nutrition from UCD and all through my 20s like I had PCOS at that time and I never you know there was nothing in my course that was Touched on hormones or nutrition, like nutrition for your hormones, and really like that. It wasn't until I did a master's in personalized nutrition, which kind of went into it a little bit more on, say, like a nutritional therapy kind of approach, but it was still like a master's of science, um, you know, education, uh, and it really kind of broadened my my thinking on it and thinking that there's so much that it's possible to do with your with your body whether it's hormones or whatever and through food lifestyle uh, supplements etc and yeah that really kind of made me want to focus on this more and so yeah like now I'm really like my main clients are females who've got issues with their cycle so heavy painful prolonged periods and struggle with PMS so premenstrual syndrome so that you get that before your period or then polycystic ovary syndrome P C O S. I also work with um, women and I do work with some men as well, but mainly women who want to, you know, improve the relationship with food, learn how to eat well, uh, eat healthy, lose weight in a sustainable manner. Um, and yeah, I also work with coaches too, who want to know how to work with their female clients. So I educate them how to help their clients, if that makes sense, because it's hugely important. Uh, we are not the same as men. We have different fluctuations in hormones. Yeah. <laughs> we are not the same. Yeah, we're, we, we're different every week of the month versus men so it is really important that that's considered and adaptions are made so yeah it's definitely an area that um, I'm very passionate working on and working with women on as well
0: yeah brilliant it's really really good and it's important on there too with men to pay attention to <laughs> women as well like you know um, and it's yeah. good I, I think as well because I know I'm I've, I'm obviously a man but <laughs> like I work with women and like most coaches most of your work is going to be with women like it's just the way it is and yeah. um, but there is work at men too and i never blanked out either and, and it's really good that you do that as well um, yeah. but, um, you do need to have a good idea as a male coach um, yeah. and yeah on females especially from a training perspective and also nutrition and all those things like paying attention to Absolutely. It. yeah and like if at least if i the way i work as well it's good for me like if someone comes to me and and they have a problem with pcs i know where to send them You know, because i'm not the expert on it you're you'll be more into that like and that's a good thing for yes. other coaches to pay attention to too you know you
1: can
0: absolutely yeah Always you know good for you fair out don't think that you can do everything or you have to do everything yeah you know
1: yeah and yeah
0: that's an important thing to take in point um and i suppose um in terms of PCS, I did say like there is a good few kind of different types. Could you go into yeah. that a little bit, um, dive in a little bit on that your, yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. with PCOS, just to explain what it is, uh, it's polycystic ovary syndrome. It's a metabolic endocrine uh, condition. Uh, so there's basically where there is elevated androgens in the blood or in, in the system. Uh, you can ha- have elevated androgens either in a blood test or physical signs, whether it's acne or excess hair growth. Uh, other signs would be cysts on the ovaries and uh, an ovulatory cycle, so where you actually don't ovulate, uh, and then the, the lack of an ovulate, uh, of ovulation causes irregular periods, and that's like it's mm-hmm. a sign that you have PCOS. And so, when you're getting a PCOS diagnosis, it's really important that you're going to your GP and getting your full bloods done, uh, getting an ultrasound done as well, um, and they're considering like other physical symptoms, like the excess androgens, like acne or hair growth, weight gain around the midline, for example, fatigue, anxiety, and other things like that. They're possible signs. Now, just to note as well, not every woman with PCOS will have excess weight either. It's not you you don't have to be overweight to have PCOS. So. Insulin resistance occurs in about 80% of PCOS types. Uh, so uh, most of them will have this uh, to some degree some worse than others insulin resistance would commonly be seen with really bad cravings so proper hangriness like you really can't be satiated you get very fatigued after eating a meal it uh, could be quite thirsty often and um, and then there will be more weight gain particularly around the midline and um, so this occurs basically your cells that are not responding properly to insulin So if you, I'll try to explain it as simply as possible. So if we think about our cells, they have a lock in it um, and the the insulin is the key, but the lock is broken and the insulin is trying to enter into the key, into the lock uh, with the glucose. So insulin carries glucose into cells, but it's struggling to get in uh, because the lock isn't working. Um, And this is uh, the issue with it. And then so what is happening is we're getting elevated amounts of insulin and sugar or glucose in the bloodstream, because it's not being able, allowed into the cell. And this is then causing fat storage and cravings and fatigue and things like that. It's also giving rise to it's the excess insulin that is causing the elevated androgens and the inov- inovulatory cycles as well. So to improve this type of PCOS is really to make our cells more sensitive to insulin and to allow them to respond more appropriately. So there's a double pronged approach, I guess. You want to make the cells more sensitive. But you also want to lower the amount of insulin actually required. So you're kind of you need to you do need to lower the amount of sugars that are in the body, especially at the beginning when you're treating it to um, reduce the the load that's required uh, of the cell to take in insulin. So that will be the main type. Then there's one called post-pill PCOS. As the name suggests, this happens when you come off the pill and you haven't had a period for say six to twelve months. Now it's important to note here that this, if you have had, had issues with your, pe- your period beforehand and a regular cycle then that's not supposed to PCOS you've had it so or there was something going on beforehand yeah. but if this is completely new your periods were very regular beforehand and suddenly they just you come off the pill and you haven't got them regular again then that would be a sign that it's something to do with the pill so again with this type it's just really important to um support your body with nutrient-dense foods and there is some different supplements that you can take and a bit of patience as well but again it, you, the communication between the brain and ovary has just kind of mm-hmm. lapsed a little bit and it's just about kind of kick-starting that again yeah. then you have uh, inflammatory pcos so this would occur um So with PCOS, there can be a lot of inflammation and this can occur both in insulin resistance or on its own. So it's important to note that there can be crossover as well. You're not just, you might just have one type. But inflammatory PCOS is quite common, say, in maybe lean PCOS types. um, And for those who maybe have other inflammatory conditions like IBS, joint pain, fatigue, headaches, migraines, skin conditions like psoriasis and eczema. So this is really uh, managed best through lowering inflammation in the body um, and that will have reduced the insulin uh, resistance also. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finally, you've got adrenal PCOS and this occurs when you have an elevated uh, male androgen secreted from the adrenal gland called DHEAS. And this can happen when the adrenals are in kind of elevated burnout mode so they're releasing a lot of cortisol which is your stress hormone and you're releasing a lot of other androgens as well and this can give rise into some of the symptoms associated with pcos but it's a little bit different to say the ovarian type so uh, it's just important to, to be aware of the different types and what way you can manage them but there can be a crossover between some of them too and um, but once you know your type and you have you're working with someone who's aware of different types you can then really like take a good action plan towards um managing it much better you know like what type of foods to be eating what way to be eating what way you shouldn't be eating and um, what supplements that you need to take and what kind of lifestyle measures you need to consider as well
0: yeah yeah there's a good bit to pay attention to and um i suppose it, if you do see kind of irregularities in your menstrual cycle or stuff is that's probably stuff that females should be paying attention to is that what you were saying like and maybe go get that don't be afraid to go to a doctor with it like you know and yeah
1: if your cycle is longer than 35 days all of the time that will be an indicator you've got a regular cycle and there, it's just a red flag to say get it checked out there could be something else going on it doesn't mean you've got PCOS. you could have a thyroid issue and um, you know you could have hypothalamic amenorrhea there is other things it could be as yeah. well but if your cycles are constantly longer than 35 days that will be an indicator that there's something just off at the moment but i wouldn't also panic you can definitely do so much to regulate it, it's just finding out what the issue is so a typical cycle would be between 26 and 35 days outside of that then they're kind of irregular
0: yeah yeah okay yeah to go like on that little bit longer like and um yeah. regular too does that mean that like you possibly your cycle can go on longer or um possibly people don't have cycles is that another issue with it or or what yeah yeah
1: so like a regular cycle can as i say can be longer than 35 days so yeah. that would mean you've had a long follicular phase yeah. cycle so okay. it took took you like longer to ovulate than normal uh or you may not have ovulated you can also get a period and not ovulate it's called an and an cycle and yeah. um, so that's just important to yeah. and then the cycles could be like it could like I've seen people who've got cycles for 90 days 100 days it can take that long and yeah. then like getting no cycles at, or absent cycles for 6 months or more could be a sign that you've got hypothalamic amenorrhea it could still be PCOS too so it's very important that you're getting the right bloods done because there will be key differences between say hypotomic amenorrhea and PCOS and yeah. just to know if you don't know hypothalamic amenorrhea or more for your listeners is loss of a menstrual cycle due to uh, some sort of behavioural modification so like you know, whether you're under eating under fueling for your training over training over exercising yeah. uh, and you've got low body fat and um, or low bmi and you've got psychological stressors as well and these are factors that can contribute to um, losing your menstrual cycle and that is different to losing a cycle to, to a pcos that is different
0: yeah and that's in your hypothalamus, is in your brain everybody just in case no one knows and i suppose yeah. it's probably the mother of er- everything that goes on within the body um, so it's good to hundred
1: percent pay... like the command center of all your hormones. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so good to pay attention to it. Um, what other question I have down here? I suppose so. We did do a little bit on you yeah, did come up a little bit on the pill, like uh, for females, and I suppose we gave a little bit on that because there probably is, like I suppose from a I a teenage daughter and I be terrified coming up now that, okay, the risk of getting pregnant. That's any parent's worry, and if if I you know obviously I don't say to up on the pill, but you know you, you might have to say it like, but would that be is it like is it dangerous me putting her on the pill if that was for other parents here as well? Um, or what's your experience with the pill like you know on those kind of things
1: my, my thoughts on the pill are it is an amazing form of contraception and it's so great that we have it and that we have access to it because it does take out the stress of worrying about getting pregnant, like if you're sexually active or in a relationship, yes. very important that you have that ease of mind, and you know, and, and you don't want to be like tracking your cycle, and you know, especially if you're like, say, teenager, early twenties, and yes. you're out partying or college, and things like that, you're not going to be, you know, really getting in tune with your cycle at that time, and you need to be realistic about that. But when you come into your later twenties, yeah, you may start to be like, oh, I want to kind of know a little bit more about my cycle and where my fertile window is, and that because like you can like there is only six days in the month that you can get pregnant and this is something that it should be made more aware of like right? because yeah. it is it drilled into us in, in school i think it's a catholic school thing i don't know what it yeah. is but like you know to, we're going to get like yeah. to, when you look well. at a man you're going to get pregnant you know what i mean it's just yeah. it's not that it's not as easy as that like I'm, I'm people going through fertility issues will tell you it's not that easy and um, so there's six days in the month that you are most fertile and that's when you can get pregnant and that is because the egg is released from the ovary on day 14 and sperm can survive in the female body for five days so if you have sex say like you know five days before your egg is released you can still get pregnant then and then the day afterwards but any other time it's actually not possible to get pregnant because there's no egg. You have to have an egg to yeah. get pregnant. Yeah. So, like, it's really important that that's being made aware of as well. So, I do think educating women on actually how their cycle is working, when their fertile window is, when it's the more dangerous time um, and when it's the more safe time. That's really important. But at the same time, when it comes to contraception, I do think the pill is really, really great because it takes out that, I suppose, responsibility. And yeah. if you have a regular cycle too, you may not know that where <laughs> you are in your cycle. So there's other factors to consider. So the pill is really, really great for ease of mind. It's a very, very effective form of contraception when taken correctly. So in that way, I've got no issues with the pill at all my issue with the pill is is when it's been given to treat conditions like PCOS or PMS or heavy periods and things like that because unfortunately when you get off the pill you will still have those symptoms because you haven't got to the root cause and what's happening is people are going on the pill say for PCOS and then they come off and want to get pregnant but they still have PCOS they still have a regular cycle they're not getting you know they're not ovulating Mm -hmm. because the pill shuts down ovulation that's what the pill is supposed to do so um, it's, it's ironic that we're being given the pill w- with PCOS, the struggle is to ovulate, yet we're being given a pill to stop ovulation. It really doesn't make any sense. Right, um, so um, you know what I would do is get my clients to actually start ovulating and really support them ovulating more regularly. But yet the point is when you do come off the pill, those issues will still be there. And then you're left with maybe still the same acne that you had 10 years ago, Still the same heavy painful periods that you had that time still the pcos that you had and the regular cycles and all of that so it doesn't go away and that is the issue so i would rather look at it in a more proactive approach and and um, look at your diet lifestyle supplements and um, if you're not going on the pill for contraceptive methods so if you're going on it for and um, managing those other conditions then i would say look at the other alternatives but um I really, I like, I, I, always try to say I'm not against the pill because I'm really not. It's just I'm against it being used as a treatment for those issues when it's not getting to the root
0: cause. Yeah, and that's that's a key factor there, a key point you said there. Like it's what it's being used for, and I think like it's that's the common trend, Anya, in the medical thing. I think it's like you're, it's like giving a medication, and it really only masks the problem. It doesn't actually fix it. Whereas your approach yeah. is more holistic, holistic approach, you're getting in there and going to the root cause and you're going to work on what needs to work on, it could be lifestyle factors, it could yeah. be food you're eating, it could be your yeah. stress, loads of things. And yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's a lot more empowering to know that you're actually taking charge of your health and like getting to know your cycle is a very empowering thing for a woman to know. Like, again, it kind of does, again, like me in my early 20s wouldn't have cared less about <laughs> my cycles. you know what I mean? But eight, now, eight. Like, yeah, like I just cared about where I was going for the weekend, you know yeah. what I mean? But now it, it is different, like, you know, you do start to care more, and it's very empowering to know, like, you know, when are you, when are you you're going to ovulate and, you know, oh, this is, and it explains a lot as well. If you understand your cycle, you'd be able to say, oh, well, I understand I'm coming up to my period now. this is why I'm more tired. So I can be a little bit, you're, it can allow yourself a little bit more compassion because you are you understand that at, when you understand at this phase of the cycle you will be more tired more fatigued lower in energy you know, might feel a little bit more hungry and these are all normal things as long as they're not debilitating that's not normal but if they're, if they're just a little bit that's normal and you can just be a little bit easier on yourself then at that stage of the cycle whereas in the earlier phase when you, it's a follicular phase of the cycle and estrogen is building up before ovulation that's when you're kind of feeling your best and most confident and you've got like more energy to do things and you're actually type isn't as high either so those are um good really good things to know and then you're you're yeah. more in tune with your body and you're more aware of what, what is going on
0: yeah yeah absolutely so important there because i suppose different different you say different phases of your cycle you're possibly going to have different what's the word cravings and you know you're probably only a little bit more certain times of, of your cycle and paying attention yeah. to it and I suppose, especially if you're on kind of weight loss goals, and it's their key things to pay attention to, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And I suppose I'll just switch gears a little bit on why oh, I want to get this a little bit, too. I suppose, um, what did I write down at all? See, my writing is brutal. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I suppose, um, in terms of stress, like that, like I do be saying this to women, but I suppose you probably might come out into little bit better um in terms of stress like in terms of your health and um getting weight loss goals or whatever your goal is like stress is a huge thing to pay uh attention to like are, are you the same yes. on that with people like
1: 100% like stress yeah. is like a massive lifestyle factor that will affect whatever your goal is whether it's PCOS and regulating your cycle whether it's PMS or whether it's just weight loss like when you're stressed you're um you in fight or flight mode, you're, you're, you think you're in danger uh, and you're releasing stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. These are fine now and again. However, if they're constantly activated and they're, they're going to cause issues in the body, they steal muscles, they steal protein from our muscles. So they're lower, lowering our lean muscle mass. Uh, they're stealing other nutrients from our cells to use up. We start to stiffen into other stores of energy and so we're starting to get a little more depleted. And... Um, and we also start to store fat more in the midline, it really affects our digestion as well. So stress and gut issues are hugely connected. Um, and it's like not a, a you know a coincidence that those at IBS have more anxiety, et cetera. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because of that. So there's a, a good link there between the gut brain connection. In relation to, I guess, um, your hormones, um, just to explain a little bit on the hormones. When you ovulate, you make a hormone called progesterone. Progesterone is an amazing hormone. It's anti-anxiety. It is like nature's volume. It's very soothing, protective. It really supports good skin health, good hair health, your thyroid function, your heart health, bone health. It's, it's really, really important. When you are stressed, what happens is to make more cortisol, uh, uh Uh, the mother hormone pregnanolone, is uh, reduced so you low it lowers your amount of progesterone to make more cortisol when you're stressed and you start to deplete deplete certain micronutrients like your b vitamins and magnesium to make that happen Mm -hmm. and this then is uh, causing you to feel more anxious you won't get the beneficial effects of that progesterone because it's low and this is why when you are stressed you get very bad pms so that's when you'll get really severe mood swings, emotional, uh, emotional spells, uh, depression or anxiety, um really like not sleeping well a lot of cravings and irritability and things like that so that's really common that's a lot to do with your stress levels and um, so again stress impacts your pcos too because yeah. again you're raising that hormone cortisol and cortisol it's it just it has many knock-on effects and like the likes of insulin and your thyroid and so much more so yeah like it really is a huge part of what I would do, and like be, to be honest with you, like I'm a nutritionist, but I'm a lifestyle practitioner as well, so I really look at um, nutrition and um, your stress sleep and then nutrition that would be nearly the order and because there's no point in you eating extremely well if you are riddled with anxiety stress on the go not giving yourself time for self-care not looking after yourself and it's really important to note that stress doesn't look the same for everyone everyone has different thresholds like myself I wouldn't have the biggest threshold for stress I'd get quite overwhelmed very easily so it's really important that I look after what I can control which would be my sleep and what I'm eating and what I do to make myself feel good so like I like to go out in nature so whether it's a beach walk or a nature walk something like that for someone else it could be something completely different and that's important to note as well other people will have different thresholds and um, and stress it doesn't have to be the typical you don't have to think you know you're frantic there's some immediate danger it could be literally you looking after kids and uh, making lunches Trying to manage your, your finances, trying to manage your own job, maybe having an argument with your partner, you know, literally all of those things accumulating over time are putting you into fight or flight mode, whether you are realizing it or not. And we're so nearly in that mode so often, yeah. you don't really know what it's like to come out of it you know so um it's really uncomfortable for us to get out of that mode and and then when we do sit down we're like oh i should be doing something because we're still in fight or flight we're like i i I shouldn't be sitting down doing nothing whereas that's what you actually need you need to sit with that uncomfortableness and get into that rest digest safety mode and signal to your body you're safe now it's okay to chill it's okay to relax Mm -hmm. and to get the other hormones balanced again
0: yeah Yeah, yeah yeah really important and i think it's as you says like if you're stressed out and you, if you were working on it you would you the best nutrition plan in the world if you have that right in front of you and it's all done for you it's not going to have the effect if your stress is up too high yeah. because eventually you're going to just go back to where you were like you no know, you're going to probably yeah. end up could possibly binge It you could what well, you wouldn't know what disorder even come out like anything can happen yeah maybe. So it's definitely an important thing to pay attention to. And a key one there too, is the sleep. Um, And I think it's, I personally, I think it's very underrated people and it's definitely a key one when it comes to nutrition as well like
1: 100 yeah
0: yeah 100%. yeah no
1: again you can't expect to eat well the next day if you're only getting five hours six hours sleep
0: yeah. you're going to
1: have more cravings you're going to be feeling more fatigued and that leads you to eating more and um, you're not you're going to have a, a, an imbalance in your hormones you'll have more insulin your leptin and ghrelin which is your hunger and society hormones will be mm-hmm. disbalanced are imbalanced. Uh, same with your cortisol. So you know that's fine the odd time, but if that's you know quite repetitive for you, three yeah. or four nights a week, you're getting only five six hours sleep. That's not enough sleep. That's going to have a knock on effect on your overall quality of life, health, everything. And and it's really important to like start just getting a little bit more sleep and prioritising that.
0: Yeah, yeah de- definitely. It's it's key to pay attention to it and to try and get a good ritual, a good sleep ritual going, like that. You're we get more of a good quality sleep then. um I so say i think people focus more on quantity because of the fitness trackers and all that they think oh i got eight or nine hours sleep well your watch is really not going to tell you exactly the right answer it's pay- yeah it's how you feel yeah you'll understand then okay my body feels good after seven and a half hours sleep that you're yeah. on on a number on your watch or something you know and it's, Exactly. Yeah. It's a key key thing. Um, I suppose we switch gears a little bit into um, what did I write down here. Um, I suppose when it comes, i have gone to weight loss a little bit now because a lot of listeners are probably here for that as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: and they're probably sick of me talking about it. So it's nice to hear from someone else. Um, I suppose how and why do you think like nutrition is it's a key factor like as well to support like weight loss goals like we know to sleep now and stress is a they're they're your base like but we also need our nutrition um as best as we can too so what's your kind of story on that
1: yeah i guess like um obviously like for fat loss we do need to have you know like an energy balance you know like reducing your energy intake and you know increasing energy output that is obviously very important uh, for fat loss and I suppose my issue with that is is that when you're in a calorie deficit you may ignore nutrient density and it might just be with like, whatever foods you can get that fit into your calories and that is my issue so whereas I do agree we need to be in a calorie deficit for weight loss and it's important uh, I don't think we need to be in severe ones especially for females if you're in a severe calorie deficit you're really implicating your own menstrual cycle and your hormones and things like that but like in short term you can do a, a, a calorie deficit but then with lots of increasing it and and, and I really encourage you know when we're to try and approach it with adding more exercise and I don't mean intent like but doing more say weight training and really increasing your strength so you can actually afford to eat more so like you're not like lower like not trying to eat like a small child and like do you know do little exercise instead do more movement so that you can actually afford to eat more I think that's a much more uh, abundant way of looking at weight loss and fat loss um, when you use your your muscles like particularly doing resistance or weight training they're the most beneficial for fat loss especially for women with PCOS but really anyone it's really beneficial you're increasing your muscle sensitivity to insulin that way so like literally your body is eating off glucose so it's not being stored as fat so it's great you know it's that's what we should be looking towards so yeah like with fat loss or weight loss um Obviously the way you're exercising is important in terms of nutrition. Uh, energy balance is is key but what you're eating too so obviously you need to be getting your protein and i think that's really an obvious one most people are pretty good at that getting your lean protein in you know 1.2 to 1.6 grams per kg body weight approximately again depending how much exercise that you're doing that kind of range will really support fat loss and muscle protein synthesis alongside exercise Uh, it is important that you're still eating carbohydrates particularly around exercise so not neglecting them uh, but like Maybe going for the more low gl carbohydrates, so ones that are not as high in fast-releasing sugars. Yeah. So you know, even like your starchy vegetables, like sweet potatoes, even baby potatoes with the skin on, a jack of potato, brown rice, quinoa, buckwheat, or little different grains, uh, rye bread, spelt bread, whole grain bread. And um, whole grain pasta, you know they're, they're just they're foods that contain other really good nutrients too. So we really, can't be neglecting them. They contain fiber. and you know they're really important for our gut health, for our energy, they fuel all our cells. And so really important we're getting those in the diet and then looking at your fat intake. So again, if you're on a low fat diet this has consequences for females particularly because our hormones are made from fat they're made and they're stored in fat so unless we're getting fat from a body we're going to have issues with our, our hormones so again like a moderate fat intake is important so getting your fats from good sources like you know omega-3 fats like oily fish uh, so salmon mackerel anchovies uh, herring uh, kippers uh, things like that and then uh, avocados and nuts seeds things like that. They are higher in calories, so you can have them in like a smaller amount. You don't have a huge amount, and it's managing your portion size. That's the the best thing to do. I always kind of say, like you know, if you're tracking, that's great. My Fitness Pal is really helpful for the start. Uh, You don't have to do that though. Even just using your plate or your hand as a guide with portion sizes, uh, like a fistful size of carbohydrates, or quarter of your plate with carbohydrates, quarter of your plate with protein, or a palm size portion of protein. Like so, palm size portion of meat or fish for example and then um trying to get as much different colored vegetables and fruits in your diet so that can be really helpful as well so having say a starchy vegetable and then having um leafy greens and more non-starchy veg so these are the ones that don't have as much calories in them and they're they have good still amount of fiber in them as well so it is hard to kind of give a generalized advice and weight loss, you know, but I uh, every single person is different. It depends on their baseline, where they're starting at, and what they need to do. But I suppose it's that there that's general healthy eating advice, I guess, mm-hmm. which should be adapted with weight loss and then just kind of adjust into your calories. And then, you know trying to adhere to that as best you can and um, for females they may notice that they can adhere to the calorie deficit more evenly during the first phase of their cycle which is day one to day 14 approximately uh, because they don't have and um, their appetite isn't as high due to higher levels of estrogen estrogen suppresses your appetite then in the latter phase of the cycle they may notice they're more hungry and uh, so i'd encourage them to eat more protein and fats and fiber at this stage to regulate blood sugars and keep your blood sugar levels more stable Table, and that can really help with that.
0: Yeah, and more society, I suppose, too, within those stages of those cravings, that you're, yeah. you're not given like obviously, if you're eating like not going to name as any bad food but if you go eat a pizza yeah. for example you're probably going to want another pizza an hour later <laughs> yeah you know, so yeah
1: exactly and yeah. it's about making maybe like smart choices like instead of getting like a thick crusted pizza maybe getting a thin base pizza yeah. and then add adding maybe some chicken onto it to get your protein in and having a side salad of vegetables and things like that so still enjoying the pizza or the takeaway but maybe make a little bit of a smart choice around it I think that can be really helpful again I never would get someone to cut out anything I love my drinks my pizza my food as much as anyone and you know I I always enjoy them as part of make them inclusive when you're going through a weight loss plan the worst thing that you can do is say I'm going to cut out chocolate for a week now because unfortunately what will happen is your brain will go into animalistic mode whenever it sees a bar of chocolate and devour it and more and more and more <laughs> it won't just be yeah. one yeah. because you've cut it out so you know like unfortunately like that does not work if it did we'd all be fine but like it's allowing yourself to have say the, the bar of chocolate in the evening or you know when you enjoy it and allow yourself to actually enjoy it take the guilt away know that it's okay to have this chocolate alongside the other nutritious foods if you're only eating chocolate and crisps and everything that's an issue but if you're having a good nutritious breakfast a good nutritious lunch and a dinner and then a bar of chocolate in the evening with a cup of tea watching the tv there's absolutely nothing wrong with that Um, and that's just important to to be aware of
0: yeah that that's that's really important and uh, another one i took out that was a key one is like your body if you're obviously restricting like going even too low on your calories yeah uh, and like you know this on um but like obviously if you're restricting your body's going to go into a situation where it's going to think there's no food it's going to think there's a famine and yeah. it's going to be a lot harder for you to lose weight then because your body is going to naturally have to adapt to that and yeah. it's going to be a lot harder for you to you you know when you get to maybe if you lose some weight but then you get to a stage that you won't be able to lose any more weight you know yeah and that's,
1: that's the point where you can that's why i encourage instead of focusing and restricting restricting calories focusing more on you know starting a weight training program and then adding progressively overloading to get stronger and stronger so you can actually increase your calories but still be losing fat and increasing yeah. your and, and looking leaner you know yeah. so I think it's a win-win that way you're feeling stronger you're feeling more powerful you're empowering yourself you know it's, there's nothing better than having that strength in gym like I'm not a huge gym goer or anything yeah. but I do do my bit of strength training to allow myself to eat the carbs and all the foods yeah. that I want to eat and also it helps with my PCOS massively as well but instead yeah. of looking at like less restrict 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 calories and you know not like you'll have less energy your niche would much lower you won't be doing the same amount of movement your digestion will be affected your mental health will be affected your mental health to be affected mm-hmm. rather than restrict we're not meant to restrict calories that much we're meant to eat as much food as we like we need we should be eating a much more nourishing nutrient dense diet and looking at food as a way of nourishing us rather than looking at food as a demon and eating as yeah. much as we can and yeah. doing as much as we can like you know moving our body in a nice way and like helping it get stronger as well. I think that's a more I don't know it's a more maintainable and in a more abundant way rather than restrictive way of looking at you know getting into shape
0: yeah and that's it i can think of the long term instead of the, the as i'd always say Daniel, it to anyone that comes to me um you know if, if you're looking for a quick fix fixing probably not the right person for you it's probably yeah. a more holistic approach and kind of a long-term goal and enjoy the yeah. process and as you yeah. said that's it. yeah in a good training plan and it doesn't have to weight is mean, going to be good for strength and that's important to maintain your strength Um, and obviously but getting an exercise routine that fits into your lifestyle too is key
1: absolutely yeah and yeah. like just moving your body getting your steps in and like it doesn't have to be an active step it can just be like Walk into the shop maybe to get that cup of coffee on your lunch break or you know just going for a walk on your lunch break instead of sitting scrolling on your phone and um, you know that, that kind of thing it doesn't have to be like an exercise itself it just can be just moving the body a, a bit more yeah yeah
0: because yeah. it all adds up like it's it's daily movement. like and like back in the times ancestors they were moving constantly daily and that's why they were yeah. so keen and yeah. you know and they're they're eating to support that too you know um, and that's what you got to think of as well supporting what you're doing like not to be yeah. avoiding foods you know or restricting yourself too much because you're yeah. going to fail at the end of the day Um, i suppose um i did have it down i don't know if we covered it but in terms of energy balance just say with pcos for example um is there an issue there like would you would it be more would it affect you a lot more if you have pcos would you feel that you're more hungry most of the time, or would you be less hungry, or what way do you work the on that? The like? way,
1: the way I work with P2S is really helping lower that insulin, because when you start to lower that insulin and balance those blood sugars, you really help lower the cravings, and that can really like you feel more satiated, you feel more in control, I guess, and um, and it's eating the right foods, and, and and obviously you need to be in a calorie deficit as well for fat loss, and um, but some. Like, you know, your BMR is a little bit more slower and sluggish. However, that's just, like, I wouldn't be keen on putting on a very restrictive, low calorie diet. There's some people that would, I still don't think that is necessary. And um, you can, you can be in a calorie deficit, but it's about how you're eating supported and using the right supplements and lifestyle. I really, for PCOS, one of the main things that's really beneficial is resistance training because you're basically mopping up that sugar and taking it away. And like you're lowering that insulin, insulin is a fast storage hormone in excess. So we're not needing as much then. And we are also taking it up into cells and using it much better. Uh, so we can, and um, that's a really effective way of managing PCOS. And then obviously with your diet, blood sugar-balanced diet, so an um, an anti-inflammatory kind of diet would be the approach uh, within a calorie deficit too, if that makes sense. So there's a few factors to consider and it is important to go work with someone on it because there's a lot on it you know it's not just um and, and it's also very personalized everything a person will be different too and um, but you know there there is a requirement for energy deficit or calorie deficit however it doesn't have to be as severe some people like i've seen people on between 800 and 1200 calories which is insanely low and um, yeah very very low calories so um that is not maintainable nor healthy nor it's really helping your bcs at all and um, you're starving yourself really that's what what you're doing there and thinking that you're managing it but you're not so um, really managing it on a cellular level more so uh, is, the, is the approach I would have
0: yeah very very good and that you're kind of maintaining your health too like that you're not doing these low calorie things that's over the long term will have effects on your body like you know yeah the
1: huge 100%. stress on the
0: body like that that low it's crazy Um, I suppose I see another thing too that I took out as well is I think from a female's perspective, I don't think males have this problem. I've never heard of males having much problems with eating anyway. Um, but yeah. um, there is it is out there too. But I suppose from a female perspective, they kind of tend to avoid um the carbohydrates. And yeah. I said it's an important fuel source for your exercise and stuff. Was it's the men? It's the mindset of females of avoiding um carbohydrates. Do you get come across that a lot or? Um, yeah
1: definitely uh low carb diet people think that they need to do that to lose weight and in your like early say twenties to 40 age group it's really important that you're still eating your carbohydrates because carbohydrates particularly starchy carbohydrates are required for ovulation if you're not eating carbs then you are impacting your ability to ovulate every month uh, obviously, they're needed for fuel source as well. Uh, the types of carbohydrates that you're eating are obviously the important. It's important. Yeah. So carbohydrates come from variety of food sources. If your predominant in carbohydrates are coming from, you know, refined sources like white rice, white pasta, and um, you know, crisp chocolate cake, sugary foods, processed cakes, and baked goods that is going to like cause an issue with back gain because it's not just the, the carbs it's the fats as well and it's the way you're eating it as well so really important when you're having carbs you are not know, having carbs on their own you're having carbohydrates with protein that's another way really important carbs on their own are going to spike your blood sugars and cause that like excess insulin to be secreted and that's again in excess causes fat storage so um the way you're eating your carbohydrates is important and the types of carbohydrates that you're eating so going for the like i said earlier the low gi ones the ones that have less sugar in them more fiber and more nutrients in them and this is so supportive of your mental health your anxiety your ovulation your menstrual cycle obviously and your digestive health like carbohydrates contain fiber like if you don't eat carbs you'll have issues with your gut um, and obviously for fueling your energy levels as well after your menstrual cycle say like from 40 onwards menopause and like you know menopausal age mm-hmm. groups and um, you lose a- estrogen so estrogen starts to decline estrogen helps uh, support our south sensitivity to, to um, insulin so when we lose in- estrogen we're not as sensitive to insulin so we're getting that belly fat around the midline yeah. and things like yeah. that so a lower carbohydrate diet can be more beneficial then, um along with say doing resistance training to kind of increase the cell sensitivity to the insulin too. Um but this is more okay at this phase of the cycle because you're not required to ovulate then at this phase, if that makes sense. Um but still not to cut out carbs entirely, they're still really important for your gut health and for energy as well. Yeah. So that's just important to know. But you know, pre menopausal women should definitely not be cutting out carbs. Now, like low carbs can be beneficial for some types of pcos but again that needs to be just low carb not no carbs so that's important to notice yeah. as well so low carb might look like one meal doesn't have carbs or has low carbs in it and the rest have yeah. your normal
0: carbohydrates if that makes sense yeah it does and i suppose would it benefit if you just i'm only thinking now on the top of my head here you could be wrong what i'm saying here but if you have pcos or if you have issues with the carbohydrates would it be better to eat them around your training would that be a benefit beneficial for you if you were having a low amount of carbohydrates each day
1: a hundred percent if you are going to be low carb have it on a day where either you're not exercising or like around the time where you're not exercising and then say like so say for example you wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and you have a low carb breakfast like it could be just say some berries with a high protein yogurt the chia seeds and maybe protein powder so really yeah. protein dense high breakfast to keep you satiated and some fats there too then if you're like having training that night so seven in the evening or something your lunch and your dinner should be like carbohydrate based to kind of give you that glycogen storage and to to support that training level so yeah that's definitely true like again low carb is not beneficial you'll end up requiring so when you go low carb you need to make up the glucose from somewhere that requires excess cortisol your stress hormone to take that sugar from other places in your body which is extremely stressful in the body it's called gluconeogenesis, and it's making glucose out of other forms in the body okay now and again but if you're constantly doing that it's very stressful on the body so definitely not recommended
0: yeah and you don't want the body using um says you kind of delving into your muscle lean mass for energy because that does happen once yeah. you're gone, like that's where it's gonna go for it. Your body needs energy, it's gonna be referred. So it's important to ensure that you have yeah. something there for your energy levels anyway. Um and what to do. I suppose we did call our exercise the and I we're nearly there. <laughs> yeah. Um so I just had like in ten terms of kind of exercise we kinda of did there delve into though on your experience with kind of to get in the way of training with your PCOS and all that, that's definitely, um, yeah, so that's important, but it's also important for females to do that anyway,
1: yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah,
0: you know, um, there there is good benefits from it, um, and I only had one more kind of thing to ask or to kind of say as well, um, because I think we're nearly on the hour, I don't know, I can't see the time on this thing,
1: yeah, we're about 50 minutes in, yeah, yeah,
0: good, um, so. I seen one key post on your page that I did see and um it's something that I kinda of in my training too. Um environmental factors. So where I would be coming from and now would be like obviously your environment at home and or what way your kitchen is set up and all that. Would that be what you're saying to me or would you be coming from a different end of things when it comes to say environment affecting your weight loss goals or environment affecting of how you eat or the way you are in general, like, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess, like, what you're surrounding like, I, I'm not sure what that post is, but I think I know what you're talking about. I think, like, um, you know, who I suppose you're hanging around with, and, um, you know, what's in your fridge, um, you know, just, you know, are, like, is there more temptations basically, like, and I don't mean like you know, like if if Netflix is always on or you know something yeah. like that, like I suppose, like you know that kind of thing. I suppose making sure your environment is set up for success, not for failure. So like having like the runners out, you know, in the bedroom, getting ready to go the night before, so you're ready to go in the morning. I like, just little things that like like having the bottles of water around the house filled up, so you're drinking your water. Uh, having the food in, doing your shop like getting the protein in the shop and know what you're going to have, plan the meals and you know know, know what way you're going to, what carbohydrates you'll have, you know maybe make up a, b- a batch of, you know, mixed rice and quinoa to do your two or three days, add in a bit of egg to it, get egg fried, kind of rice, get more protein, serve that with a bit of, you know, lean protein then as well. Uh, so just having like your stuff ready like and that's what I mean I suppose by environment having the the place set up for success for, for yourself and um, it doesn't mean you can't have chocolate in the because again I think that leads to deprivation or restrictive mode have the chocolate in there and allow yourself to have it if you want to have chocolate during the middle of the day go for it but then have you know a nutritious meal after it doesn't mean you need to do the dog on it or it doesn't mean you need to save seconds either and say okay there's no point anymore because that, that's not that's not one bit of chocolate will not make you unhealthy um, will one bit of healthy food not make you healthy it's really about what you do consistently that makes the difference and it's yeah. not about perfection it's about consistency so um yeah that's kind of what I mean really about environment and just making sure that you're not really getting triggered I guess by things around you just making your life a little bit easier for yourself yeah
0: yeah and don't divide chocolate because I love chocolate too yeah <laughs> if absolutely. you're chocolate I'll come to the house and I'll bring some tea <laughs> yeah. yeah it's definitely like and I think, like, I know, like, I'm only saying from a training perspective here, people will come into the gym to me and say, do you actually eat chocolate? And I say, of course I do. And the look at you is if you have 10 heads. And I, I say, why? What's the issue with, like? I said, oh, well, do you know, like, it's, it's bad for you. And I said, it's bad for you only, in a way, I said, if you're eating 10 bars at one time. I said, yeah. you, have, you can have some of it in your life and stop yeah. avoiding it that if you're avoiding it is going to lead to you going buying 10 bars no yeah, have that exactly. back yeah and then um, there's only i did my thing at home there recently um i kind of without restricting yourself um i set up my kitchen at home and i didn't take that out and i sat down with my daughter and uh, my partner and i kind of said just kind of went through with them look and just kind of setting up the kitchen the way that like there's not bars of ch- chocolate on the countertop and they're still there yeah yeah anybody on this podcast can do as well you you know i mean you need to kind of have your family on board too especially if you're trying to improve your health or you're trying to be like if you're trying to lose weight and your partner is saying to you let's get a chinese who ends the night and let's get a chinese of a Saturday night." um do you know, there's going to be fixed? it
1: is conflicting views. There 100. <laughs> so they do need to be on board with you, and yeah, like it's very difficult for you to, to, to adhere to something if you've got someone in your ear being like, "Let's get Chinese." Like, it is <laughs> really difficult. Like, like so, uh, like express that to them, saying, "This is actually really important to me right now. I want to, you know, put my health first for the next few weeks." And um, you know, and, and I'd really appreciate if you were kind of supportive of that with me you know and you know if they're you know a, a supportive person they should do that for you like okay fair enough and um, i'll try you know maybe eat well with you as well and then it's you know beneficial for two people i guess if they're not supportive of you that is a challenge and it will be more difficult for you and i don't know like it, it it is a, a difficult situation if you don't have a partner or someone that's supporting you in your life. and um, but really expressing how important it is to you and letting them know of what you're doing and why you're doing it that you'd appreciate them just being a bit more on board and maybe like respecting your boundaries and really like, no, you know, don't ask me for Chinese this weekend because I'm actually gonna like just you know and by the way, this isn't to say you can't have Chinese weekend, but it's just what saying happens, yeah. if that's in every <laughs> single weekend, you know, yeah. that that might be become the issue and things like that. Yeah. Um but yeah that's just an important thing to to be aware of and yeah you you the right to say no you don't have to say yes because someone else is getting one you can say no if that's what you really want to do and do do you know what i mean
0: yeah and and that's important too because you kind of said as well like it's who you kind of associate yourself with can also affect how you eat and also your behaviors around food or your behaviors in life in general that's the key one yeah
1: absolutely so associate yourself you know like get yourself to whether it's a gym or a club or something with like-minded people you know i had a client who was hanging out with a lot of people who only wanted to drink every single weekend and she was really trying to like you know put her health first and i said to her why don't you join a crossfit group and see how you get on um, and she's in, in Australia, and she did that, and it has made the world a difference to her. She made a new group of friends. They meet up all the time, they go for sea swims, they go and do CrossFit together, do loads of things together. And it's made such a difference to her because she's surrounded by more like minded people that are support, like, you know, it's easier for her to do that. And in James Clear's Atomic Habits, he would always say that as well surround yourself with people that are like minded and uh, that support your your current goal so join a group or something like that whether it's an exercise group or yeah. whatever your goals are this might even be related to weight loss but whatever it is for you uh, it does make it easier when you're a part of a supportive group
0: yeah because it's, that's good too because at least if you're in a group to say a crossfit group uh you're going to be visualizing that in your head at home too okay you're probably going to maybe start identifying yourself as that as well and that's probably yeah. going to change um your mindset the way you think about things in life yeah and you're probably going to see, oh well you know i need to support my training now good eating and i need to yeah. do corrective training also work my recovery sleep stress everything needs to be a uh, factor and that's an amazing thing like and the life yeah. of that woman you now getting to that place like that is so yeah. important and you yeah. know you're yeah. on the right track when you get there life.
1: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah
0: yeah, um so I'll go one last question. It's not wrote down ran, paste or blank. Um oh, okay. what is the um I suppose what's the biggest thing that you would say to people and maybe um advice you could give to people on maybe nutrition and exercise or life in itself, What would be your statement. If you wrote a book now and you were the last thing oh. to write on the back of that book.
1: Oh God, you really put, put me on the spot now. <laughs> you really put me on the spot. Yeah. Um I really think that like from working with so many people that they are very hard on themselves and I do think having a bit of compassion for yourself allows you to make better choices. you're not as hard on yourself and you don't give out to yourself as much. so I really encourage people to be more compassionate and having that compassionate nature can then lead to better outcomes better behaviors in the long run so you know when you eat say a Chinese and you feel really guilty about it instead of that guilt allow yourself some compassion to say it's okay i had a chinese it's not the end of the world even if you did it two days in a row three days in a row don't beat yourself up about it really encourage compassion i think that's something i do encourage a lot with my clients um, and i suppose it, when you say that if it were to write a book it would be centered around having kindness and compassion for yourself self-forgiveness and acceptance and i believe that when you have that and hold that for yourself you're you're giving yourself a you're not approaching something with a lack of self-love you're actually approaching it with respect for yourself and more love for yourself and when you're in that frame of mind you're more likely to engage in more loving behaviors like eating well for yourself like sleeping more like caring for your body more you're more likely to do that when you have more compassion and self-love for yourself so it doesn't mean when i say self-love and self-care it doesn't mean that's like hippie or you know (laughs) you know you know hair mask and things like that it just means having a bit more appreciation for yourself and your body and what it does for you and actually caring for it and not looking at it with such disdain and saying oh you're not good enough or treating it with such disrespect being like i better restrict my calories today because i ate that yesterday better kill myself in the gym because I did that yesterday that's not treating your body with self-respect that's killing it and really disrespecting it so rather giving it the respect it deserves by nourishing it with good foods and being kind to yourself and uh, speaking kindly the way you speak to yourself is hugely manifest in your in how you behave and um, and just you know having that compassionate nature I think will have so many knock-on benefits in your in your life
0: <laughs> yeah no that, that's brilliant absolutely brilliant um that's like that. If I take that out now the podcast, that's the uh, take that bit out and mm-hmm. um, go back and listen to it, write it down, and just remember every day. Be kind to yourself. And yeah, yeah. Do your best in this crazy world. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, where uh, can people find out more about you, Mary Jo? Um, where would they be placed? They should go. Um, yeah. to get more so- about.
1: I have a podcast, the Female Health Podcast, uh, which you can listen to on Spotify and iTunes. And then I also have an Instagram. That's probably the best place to reach out to me if you want to ask me any questions or anything. So it's MJ Nutrition. So MJ.Nutrition underscore. But I think if you search MJ Nutrition, it should come up. My face will show up anyway, so you should see it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll put in my description anyway in, in podcasts um, so people can, can see it if they can't find anyhow. Um, great. And will be on my, I'll be putting a post up over the week anyway on my Instagram about doing the podcast with you. So people at least will see it from there too. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. great. Yeah. Thanks so much. And hope everybody enjoyed the, um, the listening out to the podcast. Um, and hopefully have one out next week as well. <laughs> I won't Thanks bank Thanks so much it. for having me. Thanks uh, for
1: having me. I'll,
0: I'll get someone on anyway. I, ha- I think I have someone on in two weeks again. Um and said you keep it and as I gonna. So I will chat to you all soon, audience and followers, and chat to you soon.